Good morning, River City family. It's so nice to see all of you this morning. Welcome to those of you who are worshiping with us online. We are glad to know that you're there. We just pray that your homes will also be filled with the presence of the Lord and that you feel like part of our service. We um, are having Family Sunday this morning, which means that we have some elementary kids in here to worship with us. We're happy to have them being part of the body in this way today and um, celebrate them. And so this morning, Honor is going to read from the lectionary for us. And the lectionary is just um, scriptures that are used for the universal church. So it's a way to join in with the church body around the world. So Honor's going to read Psalm 19 with us this morning. Stand as she reads. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor there is no, there are, nor there are words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens. He has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them. That nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, revealing the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, make wise the simple. The perfect, the the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be disturbed, desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also honey, a, and drippings of the honey come. Moreover by them is your servant wondered and warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect the, their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transition. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, 
O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And so, Father, we just invite you this morning, your presence, to be here during worship. We pray that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would indeed be acceptable to you, would be pleasing to you, and would glorify you as we worship this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God be praised is what we're saying every time we say hallelujah. God, you be praised. God, I thank you that no matter who we are or where we have been or what we have done, you welcome us home with open arms. We may not believe it, but you deem us worthy of your love and grace. Therefore, we uplift to you our fragmented and imperfect prayers. Beckon us from within so that we may find that place where the deep calls to deep. Hallelujah. Merciful one, we pray for our siblings in Tonga where homes and lives have been decimated by tsunami waves triggered by a volcanic eruption. Holy one, you are anywhere and everywhere. May all those who are lonely and alone and feel the solace of you everlasting mercy and abiding peace. Make your presence known to all who are weary and heaven laden. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray for our siblings in the Ukraine as troops from Russia approach their borders and anxiety of an impending attack rises. We pray for all of those around the world whose lives have been turned upside down by political and economic upheaval, especially in Kazakhstan and Haiti. Protect all of your children where fear looms and danger lurks. Shelter those whose lives are dictated by war, tyranny, and greed. May those in spheres of influence not just make decisions for their own benefit. Turn their hearts, all of their hearts, towards serving and protecting those who are vulnerable and neglected. Turn their hearts towards serving you and you alone. Let us root out anything growing within us as believers, as River City Church, that denies the humanity and dignity of another. We uplift to your safekeeping, all who dream of a better life, all who flee persecution or abuse, all who seek relief, all who protect their loved ones. Hallelujah. God of hope, we pray for our broken Jewish siblings after hostages were held and thankfully later released at Beth Congregation Beth Israel, a synagogue in Texas. May all who have been affected feel your steadfast love and abiding peace halt the spread of lies and prejudices that fuels all forms of bigotry. Grant us the strength to denounce anti-Semitism and all forms of hatred we encounter in the world and within our own lives. Christ, would you turn these prayers into action? May we not just seek justice, but do justice, not just hope for peace, but make peace and not just say we love one another, but may we embody your love to one another. Amen and hallelujah. God, may you be praised over and over again in all things. May you be praised. Amen.
I'm gonna do a couple things. Um, a little bit of a schedule for the next few weeks I want you to be aware of. Just today I'm sharing part two and we all go together kind of a setup for the next, um, the next season. And next Sunday will be a continued conversation on racial reconciliation. And then the six you've already heard is the presentation of groups, but it's also the start of a three-month emphasis. We all go together being um, what we're feeling like God's leading us into as a body. And then February 6th through May 1st is that kind of emphasis time. And during that time, you'll hear a lot of different opportunities for prayer. We believe God's kind of highlighting that discipline for our body. And so you'll hear more about this, but to learn about the differences in prayer, the different avenues of prayer. I think for most Christians that I know that aren't in a seminary context or have not really been a part of prayer ministry, a lot of uh, the conversation around prayer can be intimidating or even almost like a reason to question your own spirituality because of your lack of desire for it or your lack of know-how. And so over the next few months, we're gonna spend some time really sharing some practical entry points for a believer to step into with the body and on your own. So it's gonna be really good. That will be the emphasis of ETS specifically, equipping the saints, but it will also be what we're talking through on Sundays for a portion of it. So I'm excited about it. But I wanted to share with you just kind of a follow-up from last week. And last week I talked to you about kind of the title of the message was All Creation Groans. And it was from Romans 8. And that passage clearly states that there's three different things groaning. All creation, us, and then the spirit groans when we don't know how to pray. So it's this, it put language to what I have felt like. And since that conversation last week, I've actually talked to too many people who would label their lives as groaning. And I, the way I see groaning is when you know something should be this way or you desire to be this way, but you're still here and don't know how to get there. I think we see that in the completion of how Jesus leads a body and how in one day when we experience community together in heaven, we'll see that kind of finished. But until then, we're just groaning for that. But in that groaning, if we're here and it's there, the spirit has been deposited in each of us, in communities, but also singularly. The spirit as a first fruits that we lean into in the groaning, which is why things like patience and peace are possible, right? These are, the, the fruit are really these things that surface when there is tension. And so I feel that deeply, that we are groaning towards things we wanna see. Who has something they'd like to see come to fruition this year in their life? In the world, right? All of us. That label's so good where we're at. And if we're unable to make peace with the waiting and trusting the Spirit's deposit within us, we're always gonna be waiting for peace. And so you have to, you really have to, to stop this idea that it's gotta be this way and until it's that way, I won't be at peace. You have to learn to live in the midst of the tension. And that's just life. That's life, as you get older, you experience it in deeper ways. You start to see loss more as you get older. You start to feel it in your body right? Like people make fun of how I'm not working out right now. Um, and that's because they know I am aging and I do need to work out. I have a back issue. If, when I hit 40, I literally, my body was like, I think I'm going to check out a little bit before you want me to. And it happened. And I feel it, right? Like you feel it as you age, you see it in the relationships around you. You see it as people get older. It's a part of what you live into. It's not necessarily all puppy dogs and lollipops as you get older. So you have to learn to be at peace with things that aren't as you thought they'd turn out. And so what an opportunity for the body of Christ to be the people that can do that for people who have no idea how to do it. In a completely anxious world, 
to be a non-anxious presence. I mean, that would be, that would be a joy to me. And I, and I know I struggle with that. I struggle with anxiety. And I struggle with choosing to worry instead of to trust. And I think that's part of all of us. And so, so I wanted to share with you a little bit about why we feel like we all go together is important. So if that is the tension we're going to live in, no matter what, what can we do? And I believe two things God's leading us to. One, it's the idea of Sundays. And, and hear me say this correctly. I don't believe church should only be about a Sunday. But Sunday and the gathering of the saints is a massively important part. It's huge to be together around Jesus as a community and to know who is in this community with you. What a joy to know the people you walk with in community. And there are some amazing people in this community, all of us, right? And there are people that only do online, right? There are people that, are, that show up every now and again. And so we feel like for the next season, I want to read you, I want to walk you through kind of the vision for what this is before I preach to you today. So did you already, do you have the slide that says vision from last week, Bill? Were you able to find that one? As that's happening, I'm going to explain what Sundays are. Sundays are the place where our body comes together to celebrate weekly and to stir one another towards Christ, where we collectively worship Jesus. It's a, it's a celebration. <laughs> so this is a joke. What jokes do I have? <laughs> I can talk about my beard and how disgusting it is. Anybody? Well, thank you. Really appreciate. I made a commitment this week. I'm going to get past this Sunday. If I can get past this Sunday, then I can just go full mustache. And when that happens, I'm just warning you: you need to watch yourself. <laughs> full stash. So, is that cool? All right, are we there? Hey, everybody, just do this a little bit. Okay. We all go together. Each person's presence and buy-in to the largest gathering and to groups matters. Because of that, we are asking that each member make this a priority for three months. Everybody say three months. Some of, your, some of your walls have already surfaced. You're already like, whoa, buddy, calm down. No matter your stage of faith, age, bracket, exactly where you live, if you live in an apartment or a mansion, or if you have an apartment in a mansion, no matter, step more deeply into the body to get a clear picture of the doorway that Sundays and groups are. So important. So what are Sundays? We'll go back to this one. This is the place where our body comes together to celebrate weekly and stir one another towards Christ, where we collectively worship Jesus, a celebration and an overflow of what Christ has been doing in and through our lives. This is where that comes out. This is not necessarily where you are fed. If feeding happens here through Jesus, hallelujah and amen. But it's not the whole meal. Does that make sense? It's not not the meal. It's not the whole meal. So Sundays are also our biggest connection point for anyone desiring to enter our body and to step deeper into formation. Whether we like this truth or not, this is where people come and decide, would I be interested in being a part of this community? That's just it. That's how it works, whether we love that or not. We live in a very consumeristic Christianity and where people are showing up to see, do I like this? Whether or not we like it, that's the truth. Does anybody agree with that? That is the truth of where we live. So next, groups are, and ETS, equipping the saints. 
the place where the deeper connections happen with each other and where spiritual formation has its best possibility. So I want you to hear, you can go to the next slide too. I want you to hear that both of these things are together. We would probably say one or the other is more important, and that's just all of us. But when these things are going together correctly, formation happens. When you choose one or the other, it's not the full picture. And so I'm asking that for the next three months, you take seriously your opportunity to grow and to become who God has created you to be. And to see what that looks like in a body where you're not dominated or made to fear if you don't, but are given opportunity to live into the body of Christ without pressure, without the secondary pressures for us to become a mega church or for us to, any of those things that guide sometimes. Without that, as we pray and follow the Holy Spirit, what would it look like? Do, 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 could you answer questions like, God has gifted me in this way to bless the communities that I live in? Can you answer that? Can you answer why or why not you feel so much tension entering a body or why you love entering a body and you wanna be a part of six bodies? right? Can you answer those? They go together. Sunday services or corporate gatherings and groups or discipleship are not an either or, but a both and that complement each other in the formation of the body and the individual. You can go to the next one. Content for. Why is it important to be a part of the body and what does it look like? That's pretty simple. We're going to be walking through what does it look like to be a part of a body and why is that important? So it's not going to just be like be here or be stupid. It's going to be like, here's what we think is kind of a theological framework of why it's important to be an active part and a member of a body. Next. Goal by the end of this process. Wouldn't it be just great to get a clear picture of who is in our body and what it looks like for that person or you or me to be fully bought in as a member of RCC? Collective anticipation and excitement about what God is doing in and through us. I started to make just an off the top of my head list, and we have a database and we know who gives. I don't personally know who gives what um, as a rule for me, but I know that there are people that say that they're a part of our body. I started to make a list and put it on our board, and I was like overwhelmed with thankfulness and joy about each of you and each of you online. This is a beautiful community, a beautiful place, and God has brought so many unbelievably different kinds of people in different phases, right? And it's so good to be able to see that and then to see, okay, where and how does this all work together in a way that actually brings health and not death to people? How does that look in a community where we're not striving for our Christianity, but we are, we're moving organically as a living organism in a city? That's just cool. That would be so fun to do. So you're invited, three months. Bring your bags. Don't bring your bags, actually. So today, um, I'm going to preach to you from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31. And it, just for you to know, this just happened to land in the lectionary today. So, amen. Anybody know what 1 Corinthians 12 is about? There we go. It's just, it's just great. I love when the lectionary and the Spirit of God are alive together and they don't have to compete, but they can complement. So good to see that. It's almost like God is smarter than us. Sometimes, you know, and that's, that's good. That's really good. 
So here we go. So if you can pull up 1 Corinthians 12, a little backdrop to Paul and this occasion for writing. So if you don't know who the Apostle Paul is, he wrote letters, but he wasn't just someone known because he liked writing letters. The reason he wrote letters is because he believed in the local community. And so he sent letters to communities to spur them on, sometimes correcting sometimes empowering, sometimes just celebrating, always in the kindness and goodness of God, but always in truth. So for the Corinthian community, they had kind of gotten out of line in a few ways, like all communities do. And Paul's letter to them is to remind them, you guys are actually supposed to operate differently than you are. And that's important for you to operate differently than you are because the community around this First Corinthian church needs to be reached by them, right? It's a reminder to why, a, it's like an embassy, like Dr. Johns would say. It's like an embassy in a city. It's a safe place, and it represents the heart of Jesus, and it's centered and focused on Jesus, and it's what a community could look like. I just need you guys to be awake to this. This is what he's saying. So he writes this community, and right before this, verses 1 through 11, it's the conversation about spiritual gifts, and he's telling them, all of you have been gifted by God, And God decided what to gift you with. So some of you are this, and some of you are this, and some of you are this. But I think the overlying and underlying and in-between thing is for each of those people to know right before this is discussed, there is gifting in you, not for you, not for platforms, but for the body of Christ. And you operating at your best in this life will be knowing what those things are and how they complement those around you. And all of it is deposited by the same spirit. And I love this same spirit conversation because it reminds me of Romans 8, how the spirit is a deposit before you see things fully. The spirit is your first fruits. Trust the spirit and what you sense and want and desire and lean into that as you're not there is the same spirit in this community that's saying, uh, this, this, this community is being gifted by the same spirit, different gifts. That's beautiful. All, the different things for different people. Micah's got something I don't got. Jordan's got, I mean, we sing very similarly, me and Jordan. It's like, it's eerie how similar we sound when we sing, right? And Mariah, I told Lathy, I was like, is she good? Is she not good at anything? Like, I just want to watch you do something you're not good at. That's all. Just one day. And then over here, we have Jessica, who's gifted in certain ways, and Shane, who's gifted in certain ways, and all of us, right? All of us have something deposited by God. If you're uncomfortable with that language, I'm sorry. That This is a truth I believe that's happening from Scripture that we need to be aware of. You have been gifted. So even the thought, well, I'm not gifted. Maybe you just don't know what it is or like it. Maybe, maybe the deal is you just got to learn to like live with it and live into it, right? Maybe, maybe that's what it is instead of, no, I'm not gifted. You are. You absolutely are gifted. Not for you and not for a platform. You might end up on a platform, but if you're not ready for it, man, go read Romans 12, read 1 Corinthians 12, read Romans 8, read all the Gospels, read the whole Bible, read it again. You're not ready for it if it's all about you, which is why we're having the conversation today in our church is because it just can't be about a certain personality, a certain style. It can't be because of this thing we found that no one else has found. It's got to be about the Jesus that's been present all throughout history. 
Even before Jesus was Jesus, he was present throughout the Old Testament in different ways. You can, you can check me on that after if you want, but I believe it to be true. I believe the Spirit of God was alive and moving. Right? We see that even in the Old Testament. So beautiful. So I'm going to read this to you today. This is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 31. All right, here we go. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into the body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Get that picture in your mind. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, like Picasso picture, think of it, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't have any need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I, don't know, I, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Can I get an amen? amen. Which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If a member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Hmm? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Jesus, we ask that this, would, this passage would just come to the kind of life that we have to interact with it like it's a living organism, not just a flat reading we thank you that your scripture is that, that whether or not we want to make it something small, it's always bigger than we think. It's always deeper. There's always another room within a room 
There's always a conversation waiting to happen. There's always a moment where the Spirit highlights for a body and a person something that can be taken away from it. So do that for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you guys still with me? That's a lot of scripture. That was a lot of scripture. We like scripture though, right? I love scripture. Actually, just for you to know, a couple days ago, I felt like in my prayer time, God shared with me that in scripture, he was going to come more alive than he ever has. So if anybody wants any, anybody want any of that? Yes. Maybe pray for it. You know, we're going to be teaching prayer soon. So, all right. So this is the first time that the Christian church has heard of the body of Christ in that way. Up to this point, it was never talked about as a body like a human body. The Christian church had seen culturally this language because it was used politically and militarily as a means to make people who are lower submit to people who are higher. So the reason this is kind of an interesting play in conversation isn't just because it's a good picture, which I think it is. It's because their understanding up to this point of this was about subordination and about stepping into to place and listening to what your leadership is saying because they are protecting you and keeping you safe. So don't stir feathers, don't ask questions, just do what you're told. It was used previously as a means to say, here are the superiors, listen and do not question. I hate that that has actually happened in some of our churches. I, I, I understand that you already connect with that that's possible in the church. But Paul flips, this on, flips it on its head to then do something shocking, which is to say, there is no superiority in the church, and there shouldn't be. All are equally important. Whether it's a part that you feel like you need to cover up or a part that is easily seeable and desirable. Whenever you've dated someone in your past, if you have, if you haven't, that's okay too. You don't have to date anyone. You can be single all your life and be good to go. But if you are dating, you have conversations like, her eyes were beautiful. But you've never said anything like, her intestines were, or her bladder is. And that's because... That's because no one wants to talk about that, right? <laughs> Eyes are seeable, and it's similar in our body. Like, we want to say, it's, I don't even know how desirable it would be to be a senior pastor at this point for, for our world. I'm just being honest. I think there's so much stigma to it now that there needs to be like a resurgence of holiness in that office to really clear the path. But even in saying that, you're just getting angry at like leaders from your past and maybe me, right? I don't know what the desirable parts are. I mean, if I have a voice like some of you have a voice, I definitely would want to share it up here. I would just, I'll definitely, I probably would try and become famous with it. What are the desirable parts, right? Like, no one desires to become the intestines, right? But, but think about this. If you had to choose between having eyes or intestines, which would you have if you had to choose? Your intestines. And that is because you would die without them. <laughs> but people have learned to walk without sight, right? Even though more desirable. And in the body of Christ, I don't know what those particular parts are, but I know that if I know that I'm in the intestines, like, or other parts that are needing to be covered, there is a stigma to say, I'm not as important as a so-and-so. But Paul is clearly saying to them, this doesn't operate like that. This is very different. And the ways that 
God has blessed you by drinking from the same spirit and that spirit actually depositing in you is to highlight for you to know, so you're not guessing through time, what is it that God has gifted me with? And it might be eyesight, it might be ears, but those are not more important than the intestines because it might be the intestines or the feet or the hands or a finger. And some of y'all know what finger you'd be and I think you should repent for that. And I think you should repent for that. And I think you know who I'm talking to. (laughs) Because you just had the thought, I know which finger I'd be. And it's not true, right? You're the pointer finger. That's all you are. And if you point with your middle finger, there's something off. I'm just going to say that. Do you know anybody that points with their middle finger? And my my grandparents used to point, and I was like, stop it. You're just, that's regressed anger coming through your finger. Deal with it. Inner healing. So prayer's coming soon, so I'm sorry superiority for Paul in the Christian church would have been a ridiculous thing. And think about who Paul is here. Paul is the superior. So he is presenting himself in a way to say, I know I'm leading you as an apostle, as a writer to these churches, and as someone who is founding them, starting things. I am not more important than you. In fact, if you travel through Paul's ministry, you see their trajectory of humility as a younger person to an older person going from I'm more important than I think to like, I'm the least important of all, right? If your trajectory has been along your spiritual journey, little importance, I'm so important, you're going reverse. It's time to go, If you feel that you're more important than you're recognized for, one of two things should happen. You should repent, or you should have a conversation about how you can grow in the gift that God has given you. That just got quiet in here. Because none of us are more important than the others. And you should be able to hear things and I should be able to hear things. Because all of us are needed in this body. Right? At baptism, everybody say baptism. I believe so deeply in baptism. And I didn't used to. It wasn't something that was even important. But for, for the early Christian church and even, I believe, just faithful Christian churches, baptism is an entry point. And I've said this before, but it's the point where the most individual version of you, the most individualistic, I can do it on my own, I don't need others, is cleansed through the waters to becoming a part of a family. So you leave the waters of baptism, not I'm going to conquer the world for Jesus, but we are now a family. So it's like traveling through individualism to communal life. It's stepping away from IDs not big enough to contain you like Jew or Greek or slave or free or whatever, right? Athlete or scholar or singer or beautiful or not beautiful. Those are not, they're no longer able to contain your identity. Your identity is now more corporate than that. So as you step through the waters of baptism, there's this collective larger integration that brings more life. And this does not make you less significant. It makes you more significant. Your interdependence now makes you more significant than any one characteristic you received identity from. And as we travel through baptism into the community, which I think should happen for everyone, I think baptism is your kind of like your I'm here party. And for the Christian church, it was the opportunity to say, I'm a part of the family now. It wasn't just a thing to check off. Got baptized, read the first book of the Bible, started watching Left Behind, and I'm good. That's not it, right? And watched Fireproof, right? (laughs) You know you did. 
No, right? It's communal living now. You're not supposed to do it on your own. A lot of us are carrying weight from struggling that we couldn't do it on our own, and God's like, that's actually a good sign. It's an interdependent lifestyle now. So it's an invitation, and it's all only achievable by the Holy Spirit, and it's a gift. You're gifted this new identity of beloved, of brother and sister, but you have to live into it. That's the thing. The living into it is where we're like, no, I've, I've attended church my whole life. I'm not asking if you attended church. That's great, Good, great job. Lots of people don't do that. Living into your identity as a fellow brother or sister and growing into those things is about attending a church, but it's about so much more. Like questions like these. Can I just throw some stirring questions your way? Do I believe, I'm, don't answer me back, because it'll just get weird, I won't know what to do. Do I believe that I'm the beloved of God? Question one. Number two, do I believe that those people are beloved like I'm beloved? Do I believe that I'm only important if I do certain things? Do I actually want to be a part of a body? These are questions that start to surface as we step into the body. And if it's done in the best ways possible, it's still not perfect. And I think this is, I'm just gonna stop for one moment and talk about all of our ideas of what community should look like. Some really good conversations with some of you about how in community we love the idea of being with people we can call our people. And that's just not how the church works. You will have chemistry with some, but you'll not find all of the best people in your whole life all together at all times. And if you impose that on community, you're really robbing yourself of community. You'll find people along your path that will feel a deep kinship with you, that you'll want to travel with, that will be same blood, that you'll have conversations like you're tracking, but you're not getting that from everyone. And you shouldn't. There's going to be people in communities that rub you all the wrong ways, and they should. There's going to be people very different from you, gifted very differently. Do all do this? That was rhetorical questions at the end of that passage. Do all, or do we need all these different things? Paul's idea is this extremely diverse group that has differing gifts that know how to operate together. It's like a human body. I want to read you this quote. Did you know this about the human body? And I'll, you can pull it up in a second. The human body has 206 bones, 639 muscles, and about six pounds of skin. I feel like that's gross, just saying that. It's about six pounds of skin, along with ligaments, cartilage, veins, arteries, blood, fat. For some of us, it's a little more than others. I feel it right now. And more. Every time we hear a sound, every time we take a step, every time we take a breath, Hundreds of different parts are working together so that what we experience is a single movement. Our minds and bodies are working together as one unit. Even the greatest engineers struggle to achieve anything like that in a mechanical form. The human body represents one of the most complex systems in existence. To me, this is one of the largest proofs for God. We have a body that if I heard it, can literally heal. There's not been a machine created that can do that. So this is why we can't look at the local church as a mechanical thing. It can't be. It can't be perfect. There's gonna be broke bones. 
There's going to be bloody noses. There's going to be loss of hearing at times. There's going to be, I need to rest my body because my legs aren't working right. There's a, a whole organism moving. Whenever I see a thing and point at it, all I just did right there, just look at me real quick. I just did that. Just that took so much that I don't even know is happening, right? And with the Spirit of God as the source the community drinks from, we can start to build a trust that the Spirit actually has in mind better things than we do. So for us, man, what's, what an opportunity, right? To not idealize what this should be or judge it against what it's not. It is what it is. It's people under Christ going after him. And he can do good work with that. So you can feel, this is kind of what I've seen in the body, and I've only got about five minutes left. I've seen people that feel like it's really difficult to know how to fit in and what they're called to do. And I've seen people have to deal with the walls that surface when that happens. I've seen people who struggle with trust issues for good reasons. I've seen people who have been hurt by other people and are hesitant. I know when I first joined a community after my time in rehabilitation and my time kind of getting away from this area, if you haven't heard my story, I got to share it with somebody in our body last week. It's good to do that. I spent my time in rehab as a teenager, not doing well and having to grow that way into the, the body of Christ. And I remember my first entrance into a community, I literally couldn't speak for six months to other people because I thought I was an idiot. I thought, I, I'm, I, don't, I really shouldn't be in this space but I remembered as I lived into the body and started to trust, I had to hit these hurdles that felt awful. This one time this guy asked me to teach a Sunday school class. And to me, that was like, Are you, you're, you have to be crazy to even think that I would, and I did it. And then there was 50 something kids I was teaching to. And I was like, why are they here? And what am I even saying? I don't even know enough about the scriptures. And which is, was true, like that's very true. But I know that there's all these things that we bring to this room that are great conversation starters and meant to be brought into community and not reasons to not be a part, right? If abuse is happening from leadership, there's a good reason to not be a part. Yeah. Sign off on that. And I, I would say, if, if you saw it coming from me, even if it's not coming and you just want to talk about it and you feel like, but I think I see it, and this, this is me opening up myself to conversations, would not be fun, but I'm definitely game for because I feel like we should all operate together, but God has given offices to the church and the staff at churches and the wise councils. This is what those should be at churches. Deeply formed people committed to following Jesus and actually doing it. That's, if I showed up at a church and that was not happening, I would want to talk and then I would want to leave quickly. If the staff and the leadership are not in formation, something is off. The second thing is, they should be the most non-anxious presence in the room, right? And that's an encouragement to myself because I know all the weight that we carry. But it's not possible for Kara, me, Bill, and Becca to do this without the body operating as a body. So for us in a season like a pandemic, God gave us grace to get through it and brought some beautiful people, like physically, but also like, but also not, I mean, I think I got a mentor out of the pandemic, and he didn't even know it. I don't think he still knows that he's my mentor. <laughs> he's a secret mentor. Maybe he does know. Maybe that was the whole thing. I got deeper connection with Jesus. I got more times at Rivers. I got a better rhythmic week where I don't now just attain Christianity, but I live into it. Oh, it's so good. So 
The only way that staff can do that is by setting up space for the people to actually step into the body. So this is me saying, while I want to see this happen for the next three months, we also have to have it happen. And for those online, for those here, for those, there's a great collection, more people than I thought were a part of our body. And I need to like humbly submit to Jesus in confession that at times I don't want to look at who's a part or not a part. That's a Josh thing that needs to be cleansed, right? But there's some great people. And our staff are just some of those people set up in positions to help guide. But we need the body to step in and be the body, right? Like without that, then you just become spectators and you don't want that. There's better spectatable things than this guy on Sundays. So it'd be just better to get in there and be the finger you are. And if you want to be that finger for a bit, we'll grow into being a different, that's okay. So all, so I'm going to say this over you and then I'm going to kind of give some space for, um, I don't know if I should, I'm going to think through this part, testimony. Yeah, because it's gone long, but I feel like I should have said this, so I'm not, I'm not apologetic. All of you belong and have a part in this community and all of us get to discern what that is. And so... Let's do that together. How do you fit in? What is it that God has placed within you? And how do we get that operating in a healthy body? And if that looks like to you, I need healing. We need to talk about that. What does that look like? How do we get you into spaces where there's vibrance coming into you? How do we get this body exactly like Jesus wants it, which his spirit wants that way even stronger than we do? How do we do that? You're all apart, you're all gifted. The next season of RCC, we're going to corporately and individually lean in together in groups and in Sundays. And if we can do those things, we will grow. And so maybe these questions surface. You can pull this up, Bill. What walls might hit you? And if you haven't, you can write this down or type it because we're going to be talking about this into the next couple of weeks. What walls might you hit as you think about stepping deeper in? Well, I was abused at this church, and I ended up serving too much, and I never got to be filled, never got to be in. Then we need to have a conversation. There's your prayer entry. That's great. What keeps you from entering in a deeper way? Well, my family growing up wasn't necessarily close. We didn't do meals together, and we didn't have deep talks. So I don't know how to do that with people. There's your prayer entry. How do we form this together? Do you believe you belong? Here's, we can just highlight that one and preach on it for six months. Most of us believe we don't deserve to belong. That's not up for grabs. Paul's not arguing for that. That's an already. He's not arguing for the body. He's arguing from the body. And he's not arguing if you belong. He's screaming, you belong, live into it. And you live best into that when those practices are being practiced. But if the culture around you looks more like business leadership plans, guess what it's going to produce in you? If the culture around you, for me, is only softball practice, guess what that's going to produce in me? But if the culture around you are the practices God has given the church for hundreds of years, guess what that's going to produce in you? Do you believe you have been gifted? Do you struggle with jealousy or envy? Another two-month preaching right there. I can tell you the eight people that are doing what I'm doing way better than me and why that it would just be better for you to just do what they're doing. That's not true. That's not a truth. There's someone you can all look at and say, well, that's not true. 
That's not true, and it can't be true. And if you can choose to not believe it, then you can have peace and joy and be present in your life. Does anybody want to be present and have some joy? Hallelujah. Okay. Do you despise anyone? <laughs> it felt weird putting that one last. It's like, I don't know. I, I think for me, there are certain kinds of Christians at times that are hard for me. That's the truth. That doesn't mean that they're not a part of the body and that God hasn't gifted them. We gotta be bros and sisses. Right? You don't get to choose who your immediate family is. I know that because you have an immediate family. Did you choose any? Well, some of you, maybe, actually. Reverse. These are good questions for you to consider as we enter the next season. I'm gonna say this over you. This is straight from the message version of this passage. And this is, I want you to close your eyes for this. If the word has power and it's alive like a living sword, I pray that it cuts the things that would hinder you from receiving the word. So as I speak this to you, I'm asking that Jesus would put the full weight of the kingdom of God behind it so that it actually lands, even if you don't feel it, and then it's built out within you. And here it is. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does the part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in this church, which is his body, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, those who pray in tongues. But you are a part of Christ's body. That's non-negotiable. That's whether you believe you belong or you don't, whether you're the ear or not, you are a part of his body. You are a part of his body. So Jesus, I ask that as we step into this new season, we would trust your spirit, the one that's deposited in us, that we belong and that we can actually live into this, trusting the spirit. And we can see formation happen and we can grow together and we can learn and, and help this church, God. I pray this over this church for this year, that this would be the kind of church that as people step in, they can actually discover these things. And whatever the leadership that's here needs to do to help develop that and think about it, create space, God. Whatever needs to be cleansed out of us, whatever needs to be taken from us, God. I pray that this is the most hospitable room in Smyrna because of the people. I pray that as we look back at these prayers later in this year, we'll see such fruit, that this is a space that such oozes the heart and love of God, that as people enter, we don't even have to have conversations, even though we'd love to, but the presence of Jesus is so changing and filling and freeing and speaking identity into people that they are just in awe at the gospel of Jesus, alive in this group. I pray that there be a restoration to the word of God, that for those of us that have all the reasons why not to believe it, that we would find a reason to put faith in it. I pray that there would be a resurgence, God, and a desire for local community, God. I pray for all of those that I know that are my friends that say, I'm a part of the body, I just don't wanna be a part of a church. That you would restore all of the broken places and help them reintegrate to actual life with people, God to actual health. I thank you, God, that you're trying to do this work more than us. We just get to walk with you in it, in step with your spirit. Each day as we wake up, God, what are you doing today? What are you leading today? How are you forming today? What do I say yes to today? What do I say no to today? 
What conversation are you trying to have with me, Jesus, about my desires today? What walls are surfacing? What healing is coming? Where can I trust you? So if you'll stand with me. We're going to have some staff share, not this week, but next week. And if Becca, if you can come up, we're going to do the doxology. I just want to say to you guys, I really enjoy you. And you've just listened to me for a while. (laughs) I didn't listen to you. But you need to know that as I've looked over all of your names, and I think everybody in here, your, your name has been something I've been looking at and praying for. And if it's you and your family, I've been looking at and praying for it. I've been having this like swollen heart thing happen where I feel the heart of God and how he feels for you. And I just want to say to you, he's like in love with you. And he kind of wants you to know that. So just allow that to sink in, that whether or not you do anything, that's still going to happen today. That's a good thing. And so as we sing this together, let's get all of our attention on Jesus. It's going to be a vibey one today. (laughs) Your voice matters, so lift it up. So praise God from whom all blessings flow. Love you guys so much. Um, go visit the bubble tea place, okay? And if you want to buy somebody some bubble tea, maybe do that. Invite somebody, all right? Can we agree that we need to just love on the bubble tea people? Yeah. Right. Just pass by. Love you guys. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for our body. Thank you for where we are and who we are, and thank you for what you're doing. 
We thank you that we can live into your love today and believe it. Amen. Love you guys. Go get some bubble tea right now. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.